military conspiracy action show that is The Terminal List. In this episode, Seth and I talk about the uh, justification of violence, the issues that are splitting apart the nation, whether or not the military is respected or dishonored, and how this piece plays into wokeism and anti-wokeism for the broader culture. All this and more on this episode of The Fad Dads. Ladies and gentlemen, The Fad Dads. This is the show where Nathaniel and I review movies and TV shows and plenty of other things. Yeah, and today we have a doozy for you. If you like watching obscure shows on Amazon, <laughs> as we do. <laughs> uh, today we are going to talk about Terminalist. Yes. Uh, a year ago, we're getting back on track. This is now season two of the Fad Dads. Um, hopefully you've been able to listen to our first two episodes covering Rings of Power. Um, but right after we finished Rings of Power, we went right into the Terminalist. And our first movie last year was actually Chris Pratt's the tomorrow war right and i thought it was fantastic we had a good time with that yeah yeah and nathaniel did you have a good time watching terminalist well i think before we get into whether we have a good time or not i think i want the reason that i wanted to watch this Mm -hmm. um was not just the previous chris pratt's previous um you know partnership with amazon putting out tomorrow war yeah but also as kind of a foil to talking about rings of power because if you look at the Rotten Tomatoes score um, for the Terminal List, and you look at the Rotten Tomatoes score of something like Rings of Power, um, it tell it's it's it tells a different story, right? Yeah, absolutely. so eighty five percent of critics like um, Rings of Power. Thirty nine percent of critics like uh, the Terminal List. So one is rated fresh and this one's rotten so actually and, and to your point of the top critics at rotten tomatoes the number drops to 26 percent. yeah sure and and so audience scores 95 percent for terminal, for terminal list 95 yeah. percent everyone loved it who everyone who watched it loved it and then rings of power goes drops down to 39 percent as of yeah. the recording for this mm-hmm. so why is that right and and so part of it is it's not just me enjoy whether i enjoy terminal list or not is i kind of want to figure out why is this resonating with people who are actually paying amazon's bills well nathaniel i think it's pretty straightforward it's obviously because the critics identified a little bit too closely with the wall street elites (laughs) (laughs) they didn't like it (laughs) made them uncomfortable (laughs) so so but, but yeah what's 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 your take on that? Why why is why did the show resonate with audiences and not with critics? Well, I, we'll get we'll get into this a little bit, but I think it resonated with audiences primarily because it's a fun show, right? It's it's, it, it's oh, and and before I'll cut you off, just to describe yeah. the show quickly, the show was about uh, Chris Pratt playing an Navy SEAL. Um, really minor spoilers. Um, he goes on a mission in the very beginning of the movie that goes wrong. And so he comes home and he 
just tries to figure out what happened to that mission and mm-hmm. that mission kind of leads him to start making this list of people who are responsible for some of the things that happen mm-hmm. hence the name the terminal list and uh he kind of becomes this one-man army to yeah. try to get to the bottom of it yeah Would you say yeah. that's a kind of a spoiler free way of describing it this is uh, i've heard this compared to some of john krasinski's uh military films yeah like oh what was his i started watching it um it's like 18 hours or what's that show 13 hours 13 hours yeah 13 hours kind of the military-esque things i think that this movie fits more it's closer to john wick it's the one-man army with the the fancy action that is super super fun it's just really engaging when you know when you see john wick or uh oh what's his name james reese when you see them going on a killing rampage it's just fun that's entertaining content okay and as much as you think that that is morally indecent for people to enjoy it it's almost uh like a comedy okay you know especially when it gets to john wick john wick is full out like a, a, a physical comedy almost, okay because of some like especially john wick 3 but in the first john wick they had this gun gun foo that they started yeah. doing yeah and, you know, not that the Terminalist uses that same gun fu, but it has the same idea of this character who's just unbeatable. No one can take this guy down. <laughs> right, right. He, 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 has the, <laughs> he definitely has loaded all the cheat codes <laughs> into his, uh, his his player profile. Yeah, it, it's, it's him and a few buddies against the Mexican Mafia. It's him and a couple buddies against the entire U.S. Army. It's, right. you know, and it's, and no one takes him down. Right. He is unbeatable. And it's just fun to watch. I what's another one that that was very similar? It was the Rambo films. Now I haven't seen all of those, but I did see the first Rambo, when like everyone is going after Rambo and he's just holed up in the woods. But they're like, "Oh, get out of there! Get your men out of there!" Because they're being hunted, <laughs> right? It's that one man against the world, and it's just it's entertaining as heck. And I think that's why audiences liked it. What, what about you? Yeah, I guess I wouldn't have compared it quite to like something like john wick um i haven't i've seen it compared to more like jack reacher yeah. or um something a little bit more military yeah the the jack ryan shows jack ryan that's the one uh, I, I don't thinking. know why he couldn't be called jake Re- or jack reese but okay <laughs> <laughs> um and so i guess when i was watching the violent bits there's definitely a part where you're rooting for him to succeed and mm-hmm. and, and when he's you know when he's delivering kill shots from a million miles away against bad guys you're definitely in his corner rooting for him because you know that in some of the things he's doing he has a just cause and so (laughs) (laughs) um, well put (laughs) yeah and uh, but for me what kept me watching more than than him being more like john wick it was just the intensity of the show oh yeah and that kept me coming back to it um and i know some people thought it was melodramatic I was pretty engaged with it. Like there was, you know, the end of some episodes and I had the chance to kind of binge it. Um, and I had to go to bed sometimes, but yeah. you know, I, it's like next episode. Yeah. I want to see how this, how this, you know, goes. Yeah. Excellent cliffhangers. Um, and I, and it was really engaging. And, and I think compared to something like rings of power, which is this epic show mm-hmm. that is not even episodic. Like the, the, don't even pretend it's like episodic. Whereas this show definitely, <clears throat> had you know each episode he kind of takes the name off the list mm-hmm. uh, and and as opposed to like the scope of rings of power this is very compact right it's very much it takes on place Chris in like Pratt. two weeks right and, and maybe and it jumps a couple months at one point 
Right, but it's all about him. It's all about him. Right. It's not we're not it's not there's not like a gajillion story threads. It's we really the focus is very tight. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Which I think as long as that's interesting, that can be very fascinating. Yeah. As opposed to something like the Rings of Power, where you have some storylines that are absolute duds. <laughs> this one, if you find it engaging, you're going to find it engaging all the way through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it does stray a little bit away from him. I think towards the end, it kind of shifts to the reporter who's telling his story yeah. for a little bit, but it's all in service to his story. Right. You know, it. it <clears throat> there's sometimes where at the point in the story – some things in the world kind of have to evolve a little bit and it doesn't really involve him. Mm-hmm. And so it takes it away from him from a little bit. But, you know, it's still centered around his character and his his character is driving the plot forward. And so, yeah, it, I think Chris Pratt does a great job carrying the show. Um, uh, we know we've seen him being uh, we started with Chris Pratt being a bumbling office idiot. And then, you know, then he turned into a bumbling space cowboy. Um and then he was also a bumbling brick of plastic. <laughs> and then he also was a dino and an alien wrangler. Um, but he was, he was, and this is where I think it's most similar to John Wick is his character. You know, it's this guy who has just seen just the worst things in war. You know, he's just a, a hardened veteran, right? But he's got a soft spot. Mm-hmm. And... Oh, I, that's a spoiler, isn't it? Oh man, the the fact that I've already said John Wick makes it kind of a spoiler. I, I don't, I don't think necessarily. All right, well, tough as nails, set as a puppy, and dangerous as a bean burrito. All right, that's <laughs> that's what I wrote for this guy, yeah. and he carries this role so well. I'm sold on all of it. When you see him cry, oh yeah, you know he, awesome actor, Chris Pratt. Yeah, which is strange because. All the critics dumped on Chris Pratt and his performance. <laughs> they all did, and. So, I I don't want to pretend that I'm an acting connoisseur, because mm-hmm. I'm not. But I didn't feel like... So, you had the guy from Rings of Power, who is the uh, Black Archer. And whether it's director or acting, the guy doesn't emote at all, right? Yeah. He has, he's just stiff the entire time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why no one's calling him out. Um, okay, maybe I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> but, but people dump on Chris Pratt. And I'm going to give you an example. This is my review for the show. Okay. Um... And there's a lot. So this is from uh, Raul from News9Live.com. He gave it one uh, 1.5 stars out of five. Yeah, he, he, he hated it. I like it. And uh, so he talks about... Um, so James Reese is not exactly... Is not the most exacting original role out there. We've seen the brooding crusader template in the hands of lesser actors and even hardcore action stars for decades. But Pratt doesn't seem to fully grasp the language of emotional inertia. The sense of loss and grief isn't tangible enough on his face. His beard is often the only indicator that he's a haunted human. James is virtually a domestic terrorist crafting his own questionable methods of justice. That's true. Yes. And we'll talk about that more. Assassinating corrupt people and bombing big cities to achieve his goals. Yep. Okay. Fair enough. At the end. (laughs) (laughs) But the grayness and toxic obsession are never apparent with Pratt. He plays James as a one-note broken male Mm. um, uh, oscillating between action and teeth-grating rage. It's not particularly poor acting, but one senses Pratt has not demanded more from himself. Yikes. So this kind of touches on what was my worst for the entire film. Okay. So I'll give you my worst. The... There's filler in every show. Yeah. And 
there's no like boring conversations there's no boring characters boring side plots the filler is the flashbacks the visions and the shot of chris pratt rubbing his head yeah all right that's the filler in the show and it's pretty bad filler because it's kind of tiring how much they shove it yeah but like how many how many times you have to see the bird scene and you think it's important, and then at the end of the show, you realize yeah. it's not. And, and it keeps playing out differently. Yeah. And there's so many visions. And, you know, there's always one at the beginning of every episode. There's always a couple interspersed between in the middle of the show. Right, and right. there's always one to finish it, too. Right. When Chris Pratt is sad, he gets a vision. <laughs> <laughs> and he's sad, unfortunately, an awful lot in this show. Now, that being said, in all of these, he acts it all very well. And... It is kind of the emotional stake in the show that's, like, justifying all of his killing rampages. So it kind of has to be a, a point that they force on us is like, hey, remember why he's doing all of this, right? Right. right. Now we know, but just in case we forgot, <laughs> <laughs> it keeps pushing it on us. So I completely disagree with that guy where he says that Chris Pratt is not acting well or he plays a one-note actor. No, he has many <sighs> levels to his character that he does well yeah i i agree i don't get the hate I, i'm just going to throw it out there i yeah. don't understand why everyone's dumping on him and why everyone hates him uh, i know I, I know that chris pratt is obviously a hated actor within hollywood yeah but um and i'm not saying chris pratt's a great actor i usually enjoy him in a lot of the things that he does he's a very charismatic actor when mm -hmm. he's doing that when he's doing the star lord routine mm -hmm. um except in thor love and thunder where he has no charisma whatsoever in the two minutes he's in the movie but when he was in that movie <laughs> what <laughs> anyway so but i thought he was good here i i, I honestly did I, yeah. I, I i'm confused and that's why i wanted to bring this this review up because that so everyone knows that there's another opinion out here and we're not just chris pratt shills and I, I'm, <laughs> I, I think he did i think it was adequate more than adequate i thought he he did the job just fine if, if he didn't this would be a terrible show and it would have 50 percent of rotten tomatoes that's right that's right if, it, if his <laughs> performance wasn't resonating with people then you're right people would would, would be canning it but yeah. I, I think people are resonating with his performance and you can say it's one note but the character unfortunately and this kind of goes in my best and worst of the show is one note um once the story gets going mm, right there's yeah. like no he's so determined in fact there's a point in the show and they do this a couple of times when he's so close at being perceived as the villain yeah and those are really good moments in the show i think where oh, they yes they show that his raw determination really has turned him into a villain uh-huh uh -huh. absolutely um, a, a couple of times with the reporter and there's a situation with the bomb and some other stuff and he he is he the villain of the show well he's not the worst villain but he's probably one of the villains yeah, of the show it's yeah it's it's a dark show it's like you could argue one of the main themes of the show is just everyone is just bad and awful people yep. everyone right. so yeah absolutely so um are you ready to get in spoilers yeah we definitely can get into spoilers um we're getting pretty close and so just briefly I, I enjoyed the show. I, I really did. I watched it from start to finish and was very mm -hmm. engaged with it. Um, we'll talk about the ending because I think you have to unpack that a little bit. Um, the show is not for kids. It has plenty of violence. I don't actually think the violence was too over the top. Um, You're kidding, right? Well, okay. I, I, in terms of like like R-rated action stuff, <laughs> like 
It seemed like like a lot of the blood. <laughs> it seemed like somebody did it on their computer, like a little CGI, like a little blood splatter. Like okay, I guess we'll talk about the level of violence there. Okay. I, I, I didn't. I thought it was Nathaniel. I thought it was. <laughs> um, it on the violence on PG thirteen R. We Ray. might have to blur my words out, okay. but he literally hung a man up and gutted him. Um, <laughs> and maybe, I guess I didn't see that part. I probably skipped over that part. Okay, so... They didn't show it, but it was like, you only saw his upper torso. But they you, also, they cut off Thanos' head in Endgame, right? You, that's like cartoon violence in comparison. <laughs> okay, all right. So, so the, the show is violent. It is um, very it's violent. Not, it's not the most violent thing you're going to see. There's lots of profanity. And there's one scene in the club um, that I skip most of. Yeah. That there's definitely some sexuality there. It's it's not. R, I don't think it would be R-rated, but just so you know, it's there. Um, and so, right, I'm not, I'm not I'm not endorsing the show. I'm just we're just giving you our thoughts on the show for all um, entertaining seeking. Mature adults, I'm recommending the show. <laughs> okay. Right. okay, so we'll, we'll, we'll go into spoiler uh, spoilers now, and Seth can tell me how wrong I am. <laughs> All right, yeah. spoilers, let's go. All right, so really quick, let's let's just ad- ad- address the, the the elephant in the room. Was James Reese justified? And you can just give me rapid fire answers. Was he justified in killing any of the following? Josh Holder, the NCIS agent who took money to cover up the deaths of his family. Is um, that a clean kill? Uh, well, snuck into that his bedroom, was close gu- to self-defense, but I feel like that's not because he, he he broke in and was kind of the attacker. In the end, that guy was just kind of defending himself. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah. So not. But but, no. but do you think that's uh, punishable by death? Taking money to cover up the deaths of of to cover up murder? No, no. Prison no. time for him. Prison time. Prison time, time for that. Yeah, okay. yeah. Really, really bad. That's uh, borderline, but I think probably prison makes more sense okay. for him. All right, that was the first kill of, okay. of the film. All right, second kill. Saw Agnon, the distributor of money to cover up the deaths of his family. Also, not a very nice guy. Yeah, <laughs> um, definitely not not justified. No, um, no. The, the, his killing seems like it was more. Like I thought, you could have justified it more as, look, I I, I can't let other people know what I'm doing, so you're gonna have to die. Instead of you're just you're on the list, so you're dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know that 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 death was kind of a it was like oh wow that's like that's pretty messed up. You're you're crossing a line there, yeah. right? Because he he wanted to live and he was giving you all the information right. freely, yeah. and you just kind of killed yeah. Him. His reward for helping you was uh, a turtle. Whatever his eternal reward is, that's what he got right then <laughs> yeah. and there. Yeah. All right, the hired assassin who actually killed his family. Yeah, he and was this was not the fellow he gutted. Yeah, I know. Um, now, I mean, removing removing <laughs> the method of death was just killing him. Was that? Do you think that that is a okay? I, I don't think the way that he did it was acceptable. But uh, you know, if I say if he was convicted of his crimes, I would say probably capital punishment is probably the best thing for that guy for cutting down cutting down his right. wife and right. and uh, and in mexico daughter. it's not likely that he's ever going to be brought in for his crimes so in a real life situation where someone kills a family and the family member says all right i'm gonna go hunt this guy down you know goes to mexico that's like ah. you know i wouldn't endorse it but you know it's not as there's not as much of a gray area as some of these other people. Yeah, it, it's it's <laughs> it's less gray. Yeah, it's still gray, but yeah, it's the ahead. person who actually killed who actually pulled the trigger. All right, Steve Horn, the payer of the money to kill his family. 
Now, that's a bad dude. Now, I was expecting more of a fight with this guy because they, <laughs> yeah, they, right? they, they kind of set him up. I mean, as, <laughs> as Jai Courtney being jacked and like going through because he's clear in the room. Yeah. And then when you first meet him. Um, and he's all about precision. Why yeah. did you let, you know, push yeah. your car to that direction? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, no, no. I, he's a really bad guy. He deserves to be in prison too. Am I wrong about this? I, I mean, he does order the hit on his on his business associate. So you know he's a bad guy. So I would say this depends on what your views of capital punishment is. Bad guy, you disagree with me. You think that he deserves to get car bombed. Oh, well, car bombed. <laughs> <laughs> capital punishment-wise, yeah, I think so. You know, the, the, I think that qualifies as, what, premeditated murder? Oh, yeah. He, he well, didn't do it, but... Yeah, he, he paid somebody to... That, to that, yeah, that's, yeah. that's murder, and it's multiple people, and it's innocent yeah. lives. It's not... You know. Yeah, right, and we're not right. All these are very, very bad people. Um, we're glad that we have a justice system. So just as a disclaimer, <laughs> and that we don't have to actually decide whether someone lives or dies. Right. But, but in terms of like the morality, you know, not not the not even morality, <laughs> but like who deserved it more? <laughs> yeah, he, 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 he did deserve uh, some stuff. Last one, Ben Edwards, his friend, his buddy, who <sighs> this this had nothing to do with his family. He was paid to give intel that killed his squad. So he took a bribe, basically killed his squad, and almost killed him. So this is my best and worst of this movie, was yeah. that last scene. And I'll, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. I mean, because we like Ben. You yeah, know, he... love Ben. I, honestly, up to that point in the show, I was so glad that these show writers weren't going to pull a, a catch-22 on another character. You know what I mean? Yeah. That they were going to pull the rug out from under this. They were going to stay committed to the characters that they built for the entire show structure. Right. And they kind of betrayed that with this guy. Well, and so I love the twist. I love the twist. Okay. Right. It's really, it's, it, I think it, it kind of finishes things out really well. Um, instead of it, instead of the last kill being the secretary of defense who he doesn't technically kill. Yeah. But uh, honestly, he, he was going to kill her anyway. So <laughs> we're, we're being honest. I, think I don't he think was, he was. I think if, if he was going to kill Ben, I think he was going to kill her. Anyway, so. Um, Maybe so. But, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I, I, the, the, this is the issue with the character is that Chris Pratt never had, never questions anything. He never questions the missing. He never questions a single person that he kills, mm-hmm. except for maybe the Secretary of Defense, like he said, but I think he was going to kill her anyway, is Ben would have been the guy to save. Ben should have just given himself up so he could and told everything mm-hmm. how it was. And it just made the show a lot less enjoyable, right? It, it made, it made the, the show's writers, and it's based, based on the book, they decided that, you know, we're going to make sure no one has any fun with this show at the very end of it <laughs> by making Chris Pratt kill his buddy because he was involved in the death of his family and, and his buddies. Uh, yeah. Partially, you know, cascading. Uh, right. And I was, I love the twist. I just don't like it. No. No. Not a good way to put it at the end of the show. No. Yeah. I, uh, that's the one where it's like, yeah. and that's, and. See, that's where I think it's tough with all of these kills. Because I think it's really bad to paint these people. Like, we see the worst thing that these people have done, right? Yeah. What's the worst thing that everyone has done? Isn't that what we all deserve, right? Is being taken out by, you know, James Reese. Doing it. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. With a grenade launcher. And so <laughs> I, think, I think that's where the morality of the show just falls apart completely is is everyone is guilty for something and 
you know, if we're going to look at this and say, oh, yeah, we're going to applaud when he kills any of these people, I think that's where morality really breaks down. Yeah. So don't take the show that seriously, I guess, to, yeah. to that point. And it, it gets really bad towards the end when he's going after the secretary and she's being protected by innocent soldiers and he's just taking those guys out. Actually, the, the funny <laughs> thing is those were private contractors. So I think that the reason they – they what? Yes. Oh. And that's the reason, I think, is so you don't feel too bad when he mows down the private contractors versus the, I still the think they were very innocent. Well, right, they're just doing their job, and then he's yeah. just, like, mowing them down like like he's playing Call of Duty. That was bad. That um, was really bad. And this was my other worst at that point in the movie, was um, Tony Liddell, the FBI agent, who is determined to track him down. Yeah. And he decides not to arrest him at the very – he has a chance to yep. shoot him and kill him and end all of it. Um, and, like, he goes through this evolution through the show where he decides that James Reese is actually the victim. Yeah. And so he decides against it. And literally just piled around him are the dead bodies of all these people <laughs> who are actually innocent. Right. He's like, you know what? You're the victim. <laughs> <laughs> right. But <laughs> – and the thing is just because you're a victim doesn't make – doesn't mean you're innocent. Of uh, It doesn't absolve you – of your actions exactly right yeah and that's and that's the problem with the show is there was a show there's a there's a movie called law abiding citizen with mm-hmm. uh gerard butler have you seen it no okay so in it gerard butler plays this dad and a couple of guys like break into his home and they kill his family and they can't quite have the evidence they don't quite have the evidence to put away his killers mm-hmm. because his eyewitness testimony is a little sketchy so they so they're not able to like put him away quite right. Mm-hmm. So years later, Gerard Butler goes on this spree, and he starts killing, you know, the bad guys, mm-hmm. similar to the Terminalist. Mm-hmm. And the audience in this one theater of this one reviewer said they started cheering when he started doing this. Right, you know, mm-hmm. get, the guy, bad guys are getting what they deserve. Yeah, and then he starts offing the police officers who handled the case and didn't handle it right uh-huh. and allowed for these guys to walk three. And he starts off in the district attorney who's one you know, some of the main characters and the audience stopped cheering because they, they realized, wait, 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 I, I actually don't like that. Yeah. That doesn't make me feel good. This is, these are good guys. Like maybe they didn't quite deserve that. And that's ultimately the problem. Cause you like you said, a lot of these, and they only showed the one guy with the family. But most of these guys, like the one guy who has the wife and the and the son, um, oh, that's right. Uh-huh. Most uh-huh. of these guys ha- are probably are loving dads to their families. They yeah. they probably have a mother who loves them, and mm-hmm. and you're right. We see the worst that that they do, and I believe our Navy SEALs do really good things, and um, but they do some nasty stuff to protect us. Yeah, and they go after some bad people, and I'm I'm, I'm glad they do that. But mm-hmm. to to act like um, that you're wholly righteous and everybody else is evil and you have authority to cut them down just because they wronged you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think things are more complicated than that and, and more nuanced than that. Yeah. And in the, in the end they decide because the, like I said, the FBI guy mm-hmm. says, you know what? You're a victim. Everything you do is kind of absolvable and I'm not going to go after you. Right. I, you, you're right. It's kind of a surrogate for the audience saying you know i've judged you you were not guilty yeah and he he is yeah (laughs) yeah. absolutely um 
yeah so so that's a good way to to wrap up some of the morality on on, on the terminal list so i thought that it was going to go a lot deeper than that into this um but the more i thought about it the more i'm like you know what nathaniel and i we're gonna put a point on this and i think we're gonna agree pretty heartily and i, and I think we do yeah so i started looking for some audience reviews and i came across one that started sparking more more questions okay more questions for me so let me start this is rebecca onion who writes for the daily beast okay love the daily beast the daily beast <clears throat> and what she pointed out that I completely missed while I was thinking about it is that it's low-key, like a, a right-wing show, or so she says. Okay. All right. She says, yes, this is, as the Daily Beast Review headline called the show, an unhinged right-wing revenge fantasy. Yes, it's yet another invitation to worship at the altar of Navy SEALs who have become, in the decades after 9-11, our culture industry's warrior saints. Now, I'm going to sidetrack really here. Nathaniel, do you think that Navy SEALs are the culture industry's warrior saints? They're pretty cool. <laughs> I, <laughs> I got to say. So I was, at this, um, I was at this work thing, and they had like a, a Navy SEAL come and talk, yeah. d- deliver the talk. And actually, the writer of the novel is a Navy SEAL as well. Yeah. Um, and he, he was like badly scarred on his face mm-hmm. um, because he you know, had an... Um, took some bullets through the face um, while he was engaged, and you know he's got some arm trouble because of he just got shredded. Yeah. Um, and they do some really cool stuff, and so it's it's easy to look at them and look at James Reese and see how much of a boss they are. Yeah. And just kind of go, yeah, Navy SEALs are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I can see that from a certain perspective. Like I have more respect for Navy SEALs oh, the, now than I did at the beginning of the year, as I know more about them. Yeah. Um, Jocko. Jocko. Yeah. Gets up at four o'clock every day to work out. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So partially agree on, on, on her point there. Yeah. All right. Um, our culture's industry's warrior saints, which isn't good. Okay. Uh, that's where maybe we start to disagree with with Miss Rebecca Onion here, right? And and, and the, it's not that it's okay. So, what do you put in their place, though? Who are the saints? And if you say someone, a lot of different places you can go with this. But if you say someone from like the Peace Corps, like oh, that's pretty weak sauce, dude, <laughs> or ma'am, the, yeah, the the social workers, right? Like, <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure the Navy SEALs are have like done way harder things than someone yeah. were at yeah. so not not trying to diminish it, social work but right and and you know navy seals they offer the, the reason why so many of them become motivational speakers and authors is because their mindset is something to be shared and to learn from yeah. right their toughness and their endurance yeah um there's like a, there's like maybe a thousand of them not many yeah it's it'll, yeah it's you know where where human beings learn to push themselves through the craziest physical limits and excel, right? 2,500. 2,500, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I, I liked I, – I remember re- – I think I've read maybe one book by a Navy SEAL, and he described the training processes, how they would go out and link arms and just walk into the ocean. And you put your knees up, and you let the water wash over you, and it goes up your nose, and the sand gets up your nose, and it goes over – and it's cold. And how they're yelling at you, trying to make you to give up, you know, all of those things. It's just, it's, those are good things, (laughs) right? For, for humans to, 
to be able to endure. Right. And so I think you and I both would disagree with Miss Onion here um, that them being at least some um, model for our culture is a bad thing. I think we disagree. Yeah. When the spirit of the day is quiet quitters, mm-hmm. I think maybe there's something we can learn from Navy SEALs <laughs> of perseverance. Yeah, right. Go ahead. Exactly. Continue. Okay. <clears throat> and if you think the show is bad, the book, which is fast-paced and bloody and replete with descriptions of weaponry and gear, is worse. Pratt and showrunner David Dig- uh, Digilio toned this thing way down for Amazon primetime. Carr tells you right off the bat that his book is about a consolidation of power at the federal lever- level, which he sees as a danger to freedom. Nathaniel, do you think that consolidation of power at the federal level is a danger to freedom. Absolutely. And, <laughs> and if you don't believe me, watch Captain America Civil War and tell me what Disney thinks. Because <laughs> they, they absolutely believe it, right? That's yeah. exactly what they fight in, in Civil War. Yeah. It's people who... Uh, there's this great lie in Civil War where we realize that people would resist if we take their freedoms from them. So we have to let people give up their freedoms to an overarching authority. Right. And so we can oppress them that way. Like, well, okay. (laughs) And and what happens in this film is there is something really shady going down. And how do you have the truth and justice come through and prevail when everyone is in on it at a federal level? Right. Literally, your commanders dictated that you would die. And they were successful, right? right? James Reese was the outlier. He survived and... His story is essentially bringing the truth to light. Right. Where he uncovers all of the corruption that went all the way from his highest command all the way, you know, to the highest points of Wall Street. Right. Right. And, you know, it's pretty extreme. So it's not that you or I would advocate for those people, you know, drain the swamp and kill them and string them up and stuff like that. It's not that. But it's that that consolidation of power at those high levels, it... It, it dampens the ability for truth to prevail in, in situations like this where yeah. people um, hurt other people for personal gain. Right. And and you've heard this before. And, and right, right. This 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 author acts like no one has ever floated a government conspiracy before. Yeah, right. And because if you think about it, in 2004, 2005, uh-huh. right, with the Iraq War— Bush is just trying to finish off Daddy's War. Mm-hmm. Bush is going after oil, mm-hmm. and we're sending all these kids to die so that we can further, you know, special interest groups and oil companies mm-hmm. and the government. Uh, so the fact that we're living in an age where the narrative is um, was the election stolen, right? We're, <laughs> we're we're poo-pooing those conspiracy theories, right? And whether you think it's conspiracy theory or not, and and then forgetting that we, you know. Not that long ago, we were, we were saying, you know, Bush is, is Hitler and doing all these, you know, weaponizing the military right. to do his bidding. Uh, and, and whether that was true or not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to, right. to well, say what's true. I'm just saying that like, this happens all the time when right or left, you have to be suspicious of the government and the military and, you know, these mega corporations yeah. and the things that they're doing. Like, yeah. You have to be. And that sounds really con- super, like, conspiracy theorist but... When I started thinking about what she was saying here, even less recent, more recent than 2004 in the not-too-recent past, we've seen some very big 
pharmaceutical companies work hand-in-hand -hand with the federal government to push questionable antidotes through testing. And undeniably, those companies made bank on said antidote. Right. Right? Right. Um, which now seems to maybe, <clears throat> maybe, be doing more harm than good to some people. <laughs> right? So is that not big corporations and government raking in the keeps the cash at the detriment of people who are taking <clears throat> said antidote. <laughs> right. 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 And, and we could go in there a lot, <laughs> even about like news stories about what the heads of pharmaceutical companies have said about like what they tested and what they didn't test with their drug. And this, and this is not yeah. conspiracy level. This no. is stuff you can just like Google. Like I have Googled <laughs> yeah. it. Um, it. And it's the information's out there. And it's left wing sites who are reporting on this now. It's not right. conspiracy theorists anymore. Uh, and, We've, I mean, not just that, but we've also seen some very blatant insider trading from the highest offices in the country. Yeah, from the right and left, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. It, it's bad. It's yep. and media doesn't cover it. They nothing to see here, <laughs> right? And and we're gonna reelect these people in another week, right? right? Right. This is crazy. And so, Nathaniel, how far away from fact is the terminalist from fiction? <laughs> Right. And, and I would. And so here's the craziest thing that like, you have a, a Navy SEAL who actually wrote this. So you wonder, right, are they just like, I love Jack Bauer? Because that would be like my fantasy. Like, I love Jack Bauer. I'm going to write Jack Bauer novels. But this guy's actually a SEAL. Yeah. Do, do you think he might have some insights into how the system could be manipulated for others' gain? Uh, now, I, I don't, yeah, I don't well, know. I, I, I'm just. Throwing it out there. I'm sure. I'm sure that a lot of the stuff that happens in here is fiction. Hundred percent. Oh yeah, 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 There's yeah, no. Yeah, there's right, no way. Right. But, um, I think I think it's the moral of the story of what he's writing about. That you know, there's there's the people at the top of Wall Street in cahoots with the people at the top of the federal government, and they all have their own motives for it, right? Lorraine didn't have the same motives as you know, was it Jai Courtney's character? Mm -hmm. They didn't have the same motive. His was money. Hers was uh the, the the ends justify the means right right um and she's trying to do uh, do a good thing but but regardless you know they're teaming up and and they're throwing leaves over the truth to pursue to pursue their 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 ends right, right? and to make themselves look look better or yeah. whatever the case may be and that... to, to seek re-election to yeah to make a legacy for yourself right and right. and and all of those things which that's to say that people act in their own self-interest against <laughs> against the common good should not be a surprise to anyone. Like no. I, I feel like you have to be super naive to not understand that. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, Rebecca Onion doing a great job exposing, you know, <laughs> terminalist here. <laughs> anyway, she goes on. Uh, he writes. Um, Okay, so this is something we didn't actually see in the show. He writes Reese's main antagonist inside the military command structure as a general with liberal leanings who is clearly more concerned with forced diversity than to push to open the SEAL teams uh, and to push to open the SEAL teams to females than he was to crushing America's enemies. Um, Did you get that vibe? No, that I think they took that out of the show. Oh, this completely. is in the book. Okay. This okay. is in the book. Yeah, yeah. It's not, yeah, it's definitely not in the, not in the movie. Okay, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so... Reese's ally in journalism is trustworthy because of her work exposing the lies and cover-ups that followed the Benghazi fiasco. 
this is also in the book. So sure. this is something they took out of the show also. I think they didn't mention ben- Benghazi. The, yeah, right. No. Well, that, I mean, that would have been really politically charged. So if you want to <laughs> yeah. start dividing people, you just, just, just say Benghazi and you're going <laughs> to get some different reactions. Yeah. Um, and this is this is the best part. Uh, Reese even drinks Black Rifle Coffee in the morning, tempered with some honey and cream. That's funny. And she puts in parentheses, that last part sounds good and I'm going to try it. So anyways... <laughs> good sport anyways <laughs> i yeah i didn't i didn't even think about it from that point of view that this is a unhinged right-wing revenge fantasy yeah so. i think that is an undercurrent that when something is non-woke mm-hmm. you have to go look if you're not working to push the message mm-hmm. you're not with us and if you have chris pratt in it well, you're probably definitely not with us, <laughs> and and right. you have to and you resort to to looking for things that don't exist to try to show that this thing is radical and unhinged and not worthy to be consumed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there's definitely some merit to going to the source material to see what the author means, but right. that also keeps you from judging the show on its own merits or demerits, right? Sure. When your when your entire lens is focused on. Um, the source material and how that translates to what's on screen. Sure, sure. And that makes sense. But I do think this also comes full circle back into the audience review, right? Which show, Rings of Power or Terminalist, did the audience like more? Right. Well, Terminalist. And right. and yeah. And and it's not that Rings of Power was charged with liberal vibes, but obviously, you know, the, the audience gravitated towards um, you know, Terminalist and I, I'm not gonna say it's because it's a right wing show and people just love right wing shows. No. I don't I don't think it's a right-wing show. I don't think so either. <laughs> there used to be this narrative that the people on the right loved the military. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's probably some truth to that, where yeah. people on the right respect the military more than people mm-hmm. on the left. Um, where, like, the, the service women, men and women. Like, yeah. I, I think we can have a discussion of, do we like what the military does? But I think you can respect the people who serve absolutely in, in the military. And the people on the left, for many years, especially under Bush... Just the vitriol that you had for the United, the United States military mm-hmm. was on full display, and so it's it came to the point where all the military pieces that were coming out were bashing the military and were bashing the silver, you know, the servicemen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this movie, to a point, also is saying, "Hey, look at the the military is pretty corrupt as well, <laughs> and only the ground guys are good." Um, but to the point where. A show that is somewhat pro-military, somewhat pro-Navy SEAL, I guess, that that alone, people say, is is right-wing. Yeah. means we've come a long way, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think it's it has to do with, like, maybe some nationalism. You know, left, yes. left-wing people are super, like, very globalist. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, conservatives tend to be more nationalist, where we look on our servicemen and women— and think, wow, you know, they're serving their country that they love so much and, and, and dear, close to their hearts. And for that reason, you know, when they make those sacrifices for us, we should hold them to a very high, you know, pedestal. They've served for us, and so we should, you know, do whatever we can to support them in return. Right. And, uh, we're, we're not going to malign them or, you know, tarnish who right. they are just because of the job that they do. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's people on the left who they don't they think even just the, an American flag is a symbol of you know oppression <laughs> and racism. Right. And so um, they see that and they you know they they melt like a snowflake. <laughs> and, and and there's even cases where um, 
this is a complete sidebar, right? Here. <laughs> uh, there was an ESPN analyst, uh, I think Dominique Smith or Dominique Wilson. Okay. Um, and he was talking about how he, he dislikes Josh Allen versus other quarterbacks because a lot of fans of Josh Allen have like, you know, like American flags and their profile pictures on Twitter. And so, you Interesting. know, it's, this is an actual thing you can look up if you don't believe me. Wow. Um, and I think that's what some people on the left think. They think that, right, like you said, that the American flag is a picture of nationalism, that the military is a picture of nationalism and nationalism is bad. Mm-hmm. Now I think the worship of one's country and the idea that your country can do no wrong that's wrong. That's yeah, idolatry. Flawed. Yeah. But the idea that you that you love your country because that's where you were born and your country does some good things, I mm-hmm. think that that's worthy of, um, you know, having respect for or, or you know being proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and I think it there has to be some sort of cohesion that holds people together. Yeah, in a right. society, right? right? And and for the longest time, for most of America's history, America was that cohesion, right? Yeah. Where it doesn't matter where you were from, America is the one common factor that holds us all together as a country. Right. And when you get this, um, the grass is greener on the other side, looking to Canada, looking to Europe, looking to, you know, different parts of Asia, and we say, look at what they're doing, and that's so much better. And America is garbage, right? Uh, you start to see some of it kind of just come apart, you know, because those values are now starting to, you know, dissolve. Right, right. And, and, yeah, and, those shared values we no longer have. Yeah, right? and, 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 yeah, and you, you no longer have the values with your next-door neighbor that you used to. Right. Um, not for us, but for yeah. a lot of people. So. Yeah, for sure. I have an, uh, an award for the show. Okay, go for it. I Just one. Just one, but uh, it was the. How many I know does it, it need? Yeah, it just it'll it'll get plenty of Emmys, right? <laughs> oh, for it's, sure. <laughs> it's one of those Emmy hogs. One of those prestige shows. That... <laughs> it's the I know a guy award uh, for to the writers for using the buddy stick seventy five percent of the time when they need a main character to gain resources prior to a conflict or after a conflict, so he can recover. Or That's escape. right. That's right. It is their crutch, yeah. and they used it relentlessly. Yeah. yeah there's definitely some things that uh, what do you call it badly written it's it were pretty contrived like, like i'll just because we're, we haven't talked about super detailed into the show i'll just go into it i'll just nit, go in my nitpicking mode just a little yeah. bit yeah right? so there's that one episode where he's driven into the the wilderness uh-huh. and you know how they have like sometimes they're using their heat trackers on him <laughs> and then then they just stop using it and it doesn't make any sense and it's like this is the way that the plot has to go and i question and the, right they only have 10 guys looking for him like <laughs> yeah. why, why don't they have like lots of helicopters all the time and rangers out everywhere looking for him why do they only have five like the number <laughs> that he can actually take on and so it's like this is so convenient <laughs> yeah. um and yeah so and there's definitely some really contrived stuff and like could i tell you what the bad guy's plot is like how it, it all is webbed together and everything no, I can't. Exp- I cannot explain to you where the well, money is and and what everyone was trying to do and all the corporations and the military people and their, all their relationships. Yeah. If you ask me to, to recite it back to you, no, I can't. I can't explain it. Oh, I, I, I think I could. Okay, all right, all right. So is there, apparently, Seth, you think you think it's less complex. Well, than, well, than... it's it's you know the main guy. He's he bought said antidote. We'll call it the said antidote because right. whatever. But, you know, he's trying to protect the investment, and said investment went wrong, and so he's trying to sell it to make money, and obviously you can't make money if it's a dud. Yeah, yeah, so, for sure. So he was just killing these guys just to sweep it under the rug. And, right. And, and that's really what that 
that I would say that's his main motivation. Is he, he's trying to he, he he killed the people so that he could protect his investment. Right, but then you have like you know you have the the military guys and the Secretary of Defense. Like when the when the when the reporters grilling the Secretary of Defense. Yeah, I was like truly trying to pay attention and see. <laughs> Wait, where where's the contradiction and what? Like I know you're bad. I'm just trying to. <laughs> figure it out <laughs> all right uh, i have to agree with you there it started getting a little bit yeah, yeah. okay like we're, we're just playing around with words here for a minute like uh, i can't i can't do this uh um you're gonna die soon <laughs> <laughs> right. we, we know you got caught <laughs> we know you're justified now for that <laughs> we know there's a good reason that you're on the terminal list <laughs> um so yeah it, you know it's there are some parts that are a, li- a little bit tougher to follow. There's some pretty contrived stuff in there, but overall, like I had a good time with it. Um, you know, violence aside, and, and some of this other <laughs> stuff aside, um, and I, like it was kind of nice not to have like a woke agenda thrown in your face. Mm-hmm. Um, it was mm-hmm. pretty, yeah, I don't want to say pro military, but it was like all about the military, and there was a lot of dudes and a lot of action. There was no like ridiculous. Um, you know, 90 pound girl overpowering the Navy SEAL or something like that. You know, that the, the guns are the ultimate equalizer. And yeah. that's the, that's the, my, is that, that's the power in this universe <laughs> is a bullet, not, not uh, intersectionality. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely enjoyed it for sure. I, I'm not sure how it's, it's too bleak. I think for me to go back to it anytime soon. Um, but this is like for, like a, a friend of mine who wouldn't who hadn't seen it before this would be a show where if you're looking for something to watch i'd be like oh have you ever seen terminal list right mm-hmm. let's watch terminal list yeah. something like that if you had you know nine hours to yeah yeah it's not bad um my best was uh katie biernick the reporter uh, for whatever reason her character reminded me of my little sister <laughs> which one gracie oh yeah i don't know why but you know she's just an overachiever always getting in mm-hmm. trouble so I like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well said. Well said. Um, all right. Then do you have anything else to add? No, I think we, 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 we've, we've discussed it and uh, at, at, at a decent depth anyway. And um, I'm sure we can talk more about it, but I think that's a good place to rest the conversation. Yes, it is. So for, for the show, I'm Nathaniel. And I'm Seth. And this has been Mad Dads. Dads.